Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 721, The Real Reason You're Still Single, by Evan Mark Katz of evanmarkkatz.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Monday edition of Optimal Relationships Daily. I hope you all had a delightful weekend. I am Greg Audino, and this is where I narrate relationship content every weekday, just like an audiobook. And if you'd like to be your best in several areas of your life, from personal finance to health, be sure to hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check out our wide variety of shows here in the old network. Now, onto the task at hand. Let's get right into today's post by Evan Mark Katz and start optimizing your life. The Real Reason You're Still Single by Evan Mark Katz of evanmarkkatz.com There are two big problems in dating. One, you don't want the people who want you. Two, the people you want don't want you in return. Now take a look at those two problems. Which one do you think you can change? Most of us take the futile route of trying to change the second one. How do I make him like me? I'm exactly what he's looking for. He doesn't know what's good for him. But as we've established a few hundred times on this blog, you can't change anyone else's thinking. What you can change is you. To be fair, it's possible to make someone like you by becoming a more desirable catch. There's no doubt that a man who earns more money, gains more confidence, and gets more experience will have a more positive dating life. But he's not actually changing women, he's only changing himself. But increasing your dating options can be a risky proposition at best. Men can't always make more money. Women can't always lose weight. And as easy as it is to talk about gaining confidence and experience, most folks would rather sit on the sidelines and complain that the people you want don't want you in return. This is a waste of time. In fact, the easiest remedy for an ailing love life is to want the people who want you. It is anathema to suggest this, of course. Any conversation about opening up to more potential prospects lead us down the slippery slope to settling. And as the furor about Lori Gottlieb's Marry Him proved, Nothing pisses women off more than the suggestion that they may be somewhat responsible for being single. But, to be crystal clear, it's not just women. There are tons of 38-year-old male Ivy League-educated lawyers who just can't find a single woman good enough for him. These guys, who are, like me, probably sevens in looks and nines in intelligence, just can't help but to go for women who are nines in looks but fives in emotional intelligence slash compatibility. One of the things that I have often thought is that none of these men would marry someone like my wife, even though my wife is, objectively, 
just about the coolest woman on the planet. They'd have the same objections I did. A little too old. Not a Harvard grad. Blah, blah, blah. The reason I'm bringing this up is that I made a choice to find an amazing partner and create an amazing life. And all I had to do was give up that image that I'd had of dating a woman who was just like me. If you're single and never find anybody good enough, chances are that you do the exact same thing. Today, I'm calling you out. Because if you've been dating this way for 5, 10, or 20 years, there's something that you're not seeing. And that something is this. If a 42-year-old man says that he's only attracted to 9s and 10s who are in their late 20s, that's fabulous. But if none of the 9s and 10s he covets are interested in him in return, it only makes sense that this man needs to recalibrate his dating options. 6s and 7s are readily interested in him, but he doesn't find them attractive enough. Without knowing this man, I think it would be clear that he's overestimating himself. If he can get only 6s and 7s in looks, he's probably a 6 or a 7 in looks himself. Therefore, if he ever wants to get married, it would probably make sense to start appreciating the 6s and 7s and choose the one that he's most attracted to, who shares the same values and can be his best friend for life. I'd think it would be hard to argue with that logic. So, should it be any more controversial if we flip the genders around? If the 38-year-old woman MBA who owns her own condo, runs marathons, and can complete the Sunday New York Times crossword only like 9s and 10s, but those same men always A, prefer younger women, or B, ultimately break her heart because they're egotistical, selfish narcissists who only want younger women and aren't ready to settle down, should she keep holding out for them? Wouldn't it make much more sense to marry one of the devoted sevens who thinks she's the B's niece? Apparently not because that would be settling, and settling is bad. Therefore, all of these amazing men and women remain single indefinitely, because they will not settle. They would rather tilt at windmills trying to acquire a partner who doesn't want them, instead of realizing that the best partner for them is the one who wants them and values them and thinks they are a catch. And the culprit in all this? Our unrealistic expectations of how we see ourselves, and of what we expect of our partners. If you price a candy bar at $100 and there are no buyers, you need to lower the price of the candy bar. If you think you deserve a certain kind of partner, not just someone who is rich, hot, and brilliant, but a rich, hot, brilliant partner who sticks around, and yet you've never gotten him, you need to start considering another kind of partner. The key is in letting go of the image you've been holding on to. Because real relationships aren't about credentials, they're about connection. And I truly believe there are thousands of people you can potentially be happy with, if only you didn't have such a rigid idea of what it looked like. Last night, I was coaching a favorite client, Katie, who is part of Love You. Katie is 58 and never married. Of course, she never wanted to settle. After rebranding her on Match.com, she's getting a ton of attention and is being chased down by two men simultaneously. Tom is the brainy, charismatic one who talks about himself incessantly, sends template emails, and hasn't followed up in a week. Bill is a fun guy, makes her laugh, is a great kisser, and has followed up for four dates in two weeks. Katie wanted to know how to make Tom like her and how to get rid of Bill. When we dug deeper, I learned that she was embarrassed at the thought of introducing her friends to Bill because he wasn't as sophisticated as her other Tony Connecticut friends. I asked Katie point blank, are you attracted to Bill? Yes. 
Do you have fun around Bill? Oh, yes. Is he consistently good to you? Absolutely. He's crazy about me. So why are you trying so hard to run away? Because of what your friends think? Because Bill's not what you've pictured in your head for 58 years? Yeah, kind of. I'm delighted to report that Katie is going out with Bill again, and I wouldn't be surprised if she settled her way into an amazing relationship. By thinking you are better than everyone who wants you, you're eliminating the greatest source of love around, the person who wants you. And you may be surprised to find that you can be extremely happy with someone who doesn't meet your preconceived image of your ideal mate. I certainly have been. You just listened to the post titled, The Real Reason You're Still Single, by Evan Mark Katz of evanmarkkatz.com. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. So this is a wonderful post, especially in the era of dating apps when the idea of settling seems sillier and sillier as we are reminded constantly of all the dating options out there. Surely one must meet all my criteria, we think. So we likely only get pickier and pickier. Quick tip for me, if this is you or someone you know, try listing all of your desires in a potential partner, write them down. Then once you have the list, label some as negotiable and some as non-negotiable. Obviously, the more important ones go in the non-negotiable category, and the fewer of them you have, the better a chance you have at finding someone, because you're willing to flex. You are allowed to pass on people that don't meet all your non-negotiables. And if you can find someone that crosses off both non-negotiables and negotiables, fantastic. Just some food for thought. So, I will stop talking so you can go get to chewing on that food for thought. Uh, Thank you for being here, everyone. Thank you so much to Evan for another good post. I will see you all tomorrow with a post on interacting with introverts in a relationship where your optimal life awaits.